0: is up everyone and welcome to this edition of subjectively speaking my name is jeremy
1: and i'm laura and you are listening to another special off-season episode of subjectively speaking tonight we are covering a myriad of exciting things um one of which starting with the disaster which was supposed to be our original episode woof (laughs)
0: yeah that was tough so you know today a big day for us we'll get into it um so we were like let's celebrate today with a live stream that we will record and then post as the episode for today instead of you know live streaming and then you know recording an episode just to be kind of kind to our voice boxes uh but we the audio file i we've this is episode 45 laura's usually the not not in these off-season episodes, of course, but um, for those of you keeping track at home, episode 45. So 45 times we've done this, which that's actually disgusting in and of itself. <laughs> but I've never had an issue with Zoom not converting the file to the correct file that we use for the podcast until today. So on top of having trouble trying to get the live stream to work, then the audio didn't work. And so here we are. Take two. Laura, how's it going?
1: It's great. Today's been a really, really awesome day for the podcast. Um, so just to get the, the self-aggrandizing celebratory stuff out of the way first, um, if you've been following along on social media, you saw that today we announced the official rebranding of Subjectively Speaking with our brand new logo, uh, thanks to our incredible friend and friend of the podcast and amazing freelance graphic designer, Stephen Um, Our logo, if you're listening to this, is now the new cover art. It is beautiful. It is everything we could have helped for and more. Um, and along with the new logo came a brand new website, um, which is equally as beautiful, um, where you can learn all about Jeremy and I, our relationship, um, our journey through hockey, all that sort of stuff, as well as connect with us on a lot of different endeavors that we're going to be using this um, incredible platform for. Um, And on top of all of that, if that wasn't enough, we officially announced our uh, partnership with Romeo's Pizza. Um, If you follow us on Twitter, you know that Romeo's, we are BFFs, Um, absolutely adore interacting with the Romeo's Pizza Twitter and Instagram accounts, Um, and we are now officially partnered with them um, starting now and through the next season, Um, and we're going to be bringing a lot of super fun opportunities to bring our listeners and followers some free Romeo's Pizza Um, and hopefully gather along some new uh, fans and friends as we go through this next season together.
0: Laura and I, as we've mentioned before, our relationship, our friendship was founded through working in housing and residence life and working in student affairs. And so what better way to get people to our podcast than with free pizza? It's the same way you get college students to an event. So that's what we're doing. We're going to throw some saucy slices out everybody's way. Uh, it'll be great. And I'm really excited. Th- those are just good people over at Romeo's too. Like it makes me want to buy the pizza even more. And it's, it's real good pizza. Y'all, if you haven't had it before, we definitely got to get you hooked up on some free pizza. So uh, definitely tune in for the ways that you can do that. Um, and yeah, like we're, it is, it has been a surreal day. Um, and we're really grateful for all of the support uh, from y'all. Uh, you know, obviously the last couple of days in Blue Jackets land haven't been the world's most fulfilling, most happy. Uh, but again, I think just it's reiterated that like the fans are what makes it special. And like, I think the way that we interact with you all and, and the love that you show us it, it does a lot to just kind of drive that home. So we really do appreciate y'all. Uh, I do want to start the podcast also talking through like some new friends uh, I want to give a shout out uh, to our friends, the Blue Jackets Girls Hockey account. Um, you should follow them at HS Girls Hockey. So um, this is the CCYHA's uh, high school girls hockey team. Uh, recently, have been getting engaged on Twitter. So uh, definitely give them a follow. Support women's hockey uh, because you know, hockey is for everyone and we need to do things that actually like make that real and not just a flashy little slogan that the NHL likes to throw somewhere. Uh, Also with that, happy pride to any of our LGBTQIA plus listeners out there, uh, to our allies who are doing good work to, to support, uh, you know, our LGBTQIA plus friends and family. So a lot of a lot of things to celebrate today um one thing that we can't celebrate though however <laughs> is that the blue jackets did not win the draft lottery but they didn't lose the draft lottery either they are picking fifth overall here toward the end of july um the buffalo sabers you know it's, it's it was a weird year in that not much changed uh, and it was pretty much chalk across the board with the exception of the Seattle Kraken moving up to second place and jumping the Anaheim Ducks. So Which just
1: severely bummed out the GM of Anaheim.
0: Wait, have you seen the, the gift? Could not going... be
1: more sad.
0: Have you seen the gift that's going around right now of the Dallas stars? I'm assuming GM. I don't know if it is for sure um yanking out his headphones after they got they got uh the 14th overall pick i think it was
1: yes i I saw that on the broadcast where he just like saw their name and ripped out his headphones and got up and walked away
0: (laughs) talk about fuck this shit i'm out like what (laughs) like like, beg pardon like
1: he was like sir
0: you almost made the playoffs your horses but can I also ask this question like how were they watching it like were they on a zoom like like how did they like see it and then they were like man and they just took the- <laughs> like that's what's funny to me like it's just thinking through that like I don't know the behind the scenes of the NHL and how this whole thing works it's funny to me but yes to make a long story short um the Blue Jackets uh don't win and honestly right like yeah like that if you're listening to this podcast and you're surprised by that welcome I don't really know what to say like <laughs> you I don't seem like new here you'll <laughs> <laughs> enjoy your stay um man oh man yeah I um definitely I'm glad though that like we didn't have a situation where a New York at one percent at jumps up and wins the draft I mean like I think that those things when they happen occasionally, they're good because I think they like keep things interesting and um, you know, it kind of humbles teams that try to like tank or whatever, but yeah, it's for too many years. I feel like the team who hasn't deserved the first overall pick um, has gotten it and and the teams who really probably need it for the health of their franchise have not, you can look at the Detroit Red Wings for that example. So, and the Ottawa senators really. So Who knows what will come the Jackets way in July, but we know when they're drafting. And I thought it was interesting too, that the Blue Jackets, we all were talking about like fifth, fifth, fifth. Like that's what we expect. I didn't realize that that actually was not the position that they were most likely to draft in. Um, Our friends over at at CBJ coverage um, tweeted and intuitively it makes sense because you have to combine like all the other teams odds for Mm -hmm. like jumping up. Um, the blue jackets did have a 20.6% chance of being the fifth overall pick, but they had a 45.8% chance of being the sixth overall pick. And to me, that feels like a win to, to not fall back. So, uh, we'll take it. What are your thoughts, Laura?
1: Oh, no, I agree. I mean, this is kind of my first, this is actually the first time I've seen them go through the lottery because, every year that i have been a fan so far they haven't been in the lottery because they've been in the playoffs um so this was my first experience with this and um i was just sort of glad that no one like that everyone just didn't jump all of us and you know we ended up getting pick 15 or whatever but i mean obviously it would have been great to see us get a number one pick cuz we've never we've never had a number one pick Um, and this is the first time they've ever, they're ever picking fifth as well. So, I mean, it is what it is. We also have three first round draft picks for this draft. So, um, it's kind of an interesting circumstance for us to be in. Now there's already people speculating who Yarma will pick, um, as the fifth choice, um, but I think we all know that it's uh, best not to assume with Jarmo, Uh, because we know last year when we picked, he completely just like went the most random possible situation. Um, but you know, it's going to be interesting. It could have been worse. It could have been better. I'm glad that the Kraken didn't get the number one pick. They're already gonna get a lot of decent things in their expansion draft. Um so, but yeah, it was interesting to see for the first time. Um, and yeah, I don't this is where I get an issue with the fandom too, because you know, we let them
0: know, girl. Let them know. What? I said let them well, know. no,
1: because I had a couple people like text me who are Blue Dragons fans and be like, dude, have you seen like what people are saying about the draft or whatever, and I'm like, I don't understand what control people think that we have over the draft lottery, like, or that anyone and anyone's, I mean, it was funny, but there was a couple like joking tweets that were like, this is definitely towards fault. Like, this is definitely towards fault that we got the fifth pick <laughs> overall. Like, it's a lottery friends. You, there is no, like, super control over it. Um, just, like, there's no super control over any kind of lottery. You have odds. Sometimes those odds aren't in your favor. Sometimes they are. Um, I don't think that the fifth pick is a bad situation for us. Um, so, yeah, chill out, folks. Like, there is so much more dramatic stuff that's going to happen this summer then what draft pick we're going to get when we already have three picks in the first round to begin with. So chill, homies. Contra- some other stuff.
0: <laughs> well, I will say we do currently have three first round picks, but Yarmulkeke Lion in today said most likely we'll use one of our three first round picks in a trade and try to make our team stronger for the next year. So, and that's from Jeff Savota. Um, so uh, we might have three first round picks. We might, we might have two. We might have one. If we have none, b- big issue, but um,
1: but yeah. I, I, I think, don't think he'll get rid of all of them.
0: No, oh God, no. I do think that the team finds itself to be in a situation where it, it's kind of like this weird contradiction where it's like, Everything feels out of the control of the team, but at the same time, everything feels like they control their own destiny in a way. Um, And I guess in that, I mean, in terms of what they want to do next, I feel like there's a lot of control in that situation. And so for those of you who are unfamiliar, if you're here, you are not unfamiliar, but we'll assume, we'll assume that we have some new folks to the podcast. Uh, Seth Jones star defenseman of the Columbus blue jackets presumed next captain of the Columbus blue jackets informed management at some point over the last who knows how long week or so. Yeah. Yeah. That they, uh, or that he will not sign an extension before his contract ends at the end of uh, the 2021, 2022 season, meaning that at the end of the season, he would become an unrestricted free agent, uh, of course, the team, you know, he's under contract for 21-22, so technically the team does not have to do anything. Like, he could, he could just play for them. Uh, that's not what's going to happen, folks. Um, Seth Jones has played his last game as a Columbus Blue Jacket. Uh, it's just a matter of where he where he suits up next. And I think it's an interesting situation because your choices are somewhat limited. Obviously, Seth Jones says he wants to explore free agency, and that's his right. Um, but at the same time, a lot of teams aren't going to have an interest in trading away a ton of assets for Seth Jones if they don't think that they can re-sign him at the end of his unrestricted free agent period, because it's, it's a waste of resources, right? I know some people about are out here speculating that, you know, the, the Jackets are a perfect trade partner for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, once again, sending Seth Jones for Mitch Marner or somebody like that to alleviate some of their financial situation, I I disagree with that trade, just like point blank, period. Like, But kind of on top of that, um, if Toronto doesn't think that they can re-sign Seth Jones after that, they're not going to give away Mitch Marner for one year of Seth Jones services. Like, It's just not how that works. And so it should be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Laura, what were your initial thoughts, reactions to uh, Seth Jones informing management that he would like to explore his options when he becomes a free agent
1: well i kind of went through a um whirlwind of feelings about it and because first and foremost it is his right to make that decision um he is a ufa status is something that players work towards they earn um it is entirely their right to choose to explore it to see what they can do with their own career path, so 100% Seth's choice, his right. I could not have agreed more with our friend Mark Shag earlier this week when the news broke. Um, that there is absolutely no reason for fans, for shitsters, for whomever to be threatening Seth or his family. Um, I think some people have their priorities mixed up a little bit. Um, Does it suck? Absolutely. Um, Especially for someone who was portrayed as a person who was loyal to the team. He has held an A on his jersey for the last two seasons, um, who has You know, stood up, maybe not so much publicly, but stood up in the locker room to help lead the rest of the team, especially this year with Boone being out with an injury towards the end, Nick being traded to Toronto. um, All of the other drama that we occurred over the last season, um, you know, and as someone that for the most part was really rumored to be the next captain. Um, And who knows what the actual discussions were. Who knows if that was ever even offered up to him officially. Nobody knows except Yarmo and everyone in the front office. But yeah, it sucks. It sucks because it feels like we're in this sort of downward spiral of people just not wanting to be a Columbus Blue Jacket. Again, that's one of those situations where the fans don't necessarily know the whole story Where certain things. Um, of, of course, in the last few days, um, the last people leaving over the last couple of years has been brought up. You know, as much as I dislike him, Panarin was never gonna stay in Columbus. He always wanted to go to New York. Um, Bob and Matt Shane were not offered contracts by the Columbus Blue Jackets. So you cannot say that they left. Um, we did not ask them to stay. Um, Ryan Dezingle also, we did not ask to stay. Not that that would have, that wasn't necessarily a heartbreaking situation. Um, you know, and things like, you know, with Josh um, and with Pierre-Luc Dubois, it's, those are situations that the two sides couldn't come to, to terms with it. And that just happens. It doesn't just happen with us. It happens with all teams. Um, so yeah, it's a matter of like looking at things in perspective. And yes, it feels a bit, and I'm rambling and I'm sorry, but it feels a bit like we're in a rut, but you know, it is what it is and if this, you know, final kick in the pants is what management and ownership and all that needs to see to be like okay, we really need to strip it down and figure some shit out then that's what's going to happen and um that's part of being a sports fan, I think I'm learning. I don't know you're learning well I really think people are going to stop listening if you keep letting me talk
0: (laughs) hey that's okay because I did the same thing earlier on the podcast um so I think yeah I mean you touched on it all right like I think what's important to note is like we're not in the period of time now where you can say like oh seth jones once out of columbus because it's columbus right like that's seth jones wants out of columbus because like let's face it and and this is something that aaron Portstein brought up on uh he had an interview with um oh goodness i can't 97.1 i know it's 97.1 i'm trying to remember the the djs and the hosts but i can't remember um but essentially just like if Seth Jones signs an eight-year contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets, he's 26, 27 now when the season starts, whatever. Um, that's going to put him being probably 31 or 32 by the time the Blue Jackets are super relevant again. And it's like, if you're going through a rebuild, I mean. And so it's like, if you're a player, rationally speaking, is that is that a, a portion of your career that you're willing to give up? Uh has Seth Jones felt like he's reached the mountaintop for his time as a Columbus Blue Jacket? And I think the answer to that question is probably yes. And I think that that has a lot more to do with this situation than anything else. I don't think it has anything to do with wanting out of the city. Um, you know, not to, to knock any of these places. Right. But um, you think about like him being originally from Dallas, like Colorado, like, those areas not that those don't have their own own charm but like we're not talking like he's a you know south beach guy who grew up you know in in this one place or he doesn't granted i could see him returning to either like colorado or dallas but like it's not the city that's doing it for him here right um and is that the reason why other jackets have won it out right like has there been writing in the walls organizationally for some time now? Be it that, you know, Nick Felino had to convince John Tortorella to stay on as a head coach, um, be it that, um, you know, Josh Anderson couldn't come to terms with the organization, and, and be it that Pierre Luc Dubois wanted out. Did Pierre, is that really why Pierre Luc Dubois wanted out? I, Elliot Friedman suggested it in 31 Thoughts and suggested that he believes that maybe Pierre-Luc Dubois wanted out of Columbus because the writing was on the wall with Seth Jones and him not returning. And, you know, pundits have said for the last few few months that if Seth Jones doesn't return to the organization after his contract is up, it's a rebuild time. And and did Pierre-Luc Dubois want a part of that? Um, so it's it's interesting because there are the perspectives that are like oh yarmo saying to we are going to use one of these first round draft picks to make us a better team next year why i don't know like that's my perspective right because it's like i and maybe i'm like being harsh because i know we talked about this off air um about there being like some i don't want to like put words in your mouth and say like naivety like or naivete however you say that word um Mm -hmm in you or in some people where it's like can't this roster win like isn't it possible that with a new coach or with the addition of a couple new players that this roster can win and um i i don't know that the answer to that question is yes and so it's fascinating to hear the different perspectives on where we go next
1: yeah and i and i think the more important thing to say in that too is that we don't know that the answer is no either and i think that not saying that a miracle is going to happen we could very much so be set up for another like throw it all in see what happens shit tastic time this next season and then we end up going into a full rebuild um but i also think it's one of those things where we really can't say not that I necessarily disagree with people who know way more about hockey and way more about this franchise than I do um but I just think with Yarmo, there's there's like I don't know that he is there yet um and I think there's a lot of things that he has like bubbling around um in his what I like to refer to as like his super den like Kind of like a bat cave where he does all of his workings and things. Um, you know, and maybe he knows things about discussions they've had with Line A. Maybe he knows things about other things that he can't talk about now because technically certain conversations aren't allowed to be happening. Like it's just, there's a whole lot of interworkings that I just don't know. And Yarmo is so that I just don't know that anyone really knows what's gonna happen at this point. Do I want an 82 game season of like just pure torment and heartbreak? Absolutely not, but I'm not ready to jump on the ship that like, it's not possible that we couldn't do something to at least make things bearable um for the upcoming season and I'm just gonna say this now for me I'm not gonna speak for Jeremy on this but like I'm going to need y'all to quit with the whole like let's just get rid of everyone scenario because like not on brand like whatsoever (laughs) at all so stop putting things on Twitter about getting rid of Cam because I will mute you fyi
0: (laughs) all right all right laura so a scenario no no a scenario what if that's what cam wants that's different right so like i i think i think that's the thing here right is if
1: if i'm talking about loonies who just say get rid of cam if well, we had leave, we had this, wants to
0: leave that's his right but we had this conversation too because it's like cam atkinson's not going to return the farm right like he's not like somebody who's going to bring in prospects like that are world class and he's not somebody who's gonna you know bring in really grade a picks or talents but you know I could very well see him. I mean, here's the other thing too, Boone Jenner, Boone Jenner's contract is up at the end of the, of 21, 22 as well. And, and nobody really talks about a contract extension for Boone Jenner. We've been so wrapped up in this whole Seth Jones thing, and we've been wrapped up in the Zach Wierenski, like what's going to happen after he's done with his season and he's an RFA, but we don't talk about Boone Jenner. Like is Boone Jenner somebody that the Jackets are going to trade here in this off season because they don't, Want him? don't want to resign him and you know maybe they can get a few picks i mean he actually seems like more of a trade deadline deal to me but kind of like similar to like nick felino but the other issue here too right is like you have to be somewhat careful in deciding how you go about making this year bearable because um just kind of speaking on where we're at like um scott wheeler of the athletic did a 2021 NHL prospect pool ranking, you know, where he looked at the farm, you know, teams and the, um, you know, prospect pools for each of the, you know, 31 NHL teams. And the blue jackets ranked number 27, like our prospect depth sucks. And if we trade, if we try to trade for things now to make it more bearable, I don't want to talk about like 2024 2025 like we will be basement dwellers for a decade if we don't do something now to try to replenish that prospect pool because per Scott Wheeler the number one uh prospect for the Blue Jackets is Kirill Marchenko um number two is Liam Foody like do you know what I mean like and it's like you see this and it's like not that Liam Foody isn't going to be a good NHL player he will be but it's like Liam Foodie can't be like the person that you're. You look to as your guiding light for your franchise. Um, you know, Igor Chinnikov uh, is another person. He's number three on this list, and it's like, Igor Chinnikov is, is has potential to be really great, but is he going to change the face of your franchise? Like that question remains to be answered. Like, and I mean, I mean, Andrew Peak is on here at sixth. Andrew Peake's the first defenseman on this list, and it's like if if Seth Jones is gone, if Zach Wierenski doesn't want to resign, uh, what are you going to do there? Like, like so, this team has to do stuff to replenish this pool because this cupboard is bare, and it's not getting any fuller. Um, and that might mean a lot of really hard days. That might mean a lot of people. Yeah.
1: I understand. Like, I'm not completely ridiculous, but the other other thing is, is that at least in my perspective, and maybe I'm wrong about this, maybe you can, I think it's, (laughs) you need some people that have a few years on them on a team because a full team of brand new players and prospects isn't going to do you any better anyway, like either.
0: Oh, I don't disagree with you. I think I think there's definitely a middle ground, right? Like you can't just have, you know, a team full of 18, 19, 20 year olds and be like, okay, like, go ahead. Like that's unrealistic. I think you get a lot of guys who are maybe toward the end of their career. Maybe they've had some success. Maybe they've won some Stanley cups and maybe, maybe they come to Columbus as part of their, you know, retirement <laughs> like tour. Um those things are very likely and they're very possible. I mean, that's kind of the people who made up a Blue Jackets roster, um, you know, after that first initial playoff run, and then well, run is really dramatic. It wasn't even a, a jog, really. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting, and it's gonna it's gonna suck, uh, but we'll see what happens. I I definitely think that we are no longer in the idea of this being a reloading or a retooling. Like we are in a full rebuild. Uh, whether or not the organization is gonna put out a letter, a la Chicago Blackhawks or New York Rangers, I doubt it. Like that's not the kind of energy I get. Um, from Ya. I, I don't think
1: that comes this summer. I think it comes like I said, i don't i I think it comes next year
0: I, for I don't think a letter's ever gonna come, but i do I do think that the organization has to recognize like. I think next no, year's I'm too not late. saying
1: that they're not they don't see the blood in the water. I'm just saying that I don't necessarily think that they're ready to like fully put it out there.
0: Yeah, no, I don't I don't think they're ready, ready to to wear it on their chest like they are out of their blue, but like <laughs> but I think I mean realistically, like do you resign Patrick Laine? If you're like not going to be good for the next two, three years, or however long you think he would sign for, do you waste the money or do you trade him and get assets? Same with Zach Wierenski. Like if Zach Wierenski is somebody who doesn't give you an indication of wanting to stick with the team long-term and see through a rebuild, do you get rid of Zach Wierenski? Like those are the things to me that I'm like struggling to deal with and like grapple with. Cause it's like, why why keep them if they're going to give you a return now so we shall see there's nothing nothing is official yet and nothing will probably be official until after the Stanley Cup playoffs have concluded which I don't want to talk about our brackets because my god um so we shall see friends
1: it's going to be interesting
0: I thought you were gonna say it's gonna be okay. And I was about ready to say, it's going to be.
1: <laughs> no, it's not gonna be okay. It's going to be interesting. It's just, you know, we have different perspectives. And you know, I I am naive about a lot of things in regards to this, but and I know that there's lots of decisions that make good business sense, but I also don't think some of those decisions do well for a rebuild either, but...
0: Like like what? Like what would be bad for a rebuild?
1: Well, like I said, I just don't think getting rid of every single player of value yeah. that you have makes yeah. any sense. Like, because why would you then want to get... Because even people who are near the end of... Their careers aren't going to want to come and play in a complete hot mess of a team that's just a bunch of young guys that don't have any maturity and don't like. So that's why it doesn't make any sense to me, these people that are like, just get rid of everyone, because that doesn't make any sense. Like, it's like building a team in, of anything. Like, you need levels of experience in order to make it work. And I'm not saying, hold on. I'm not saying like force players against their will. Obviously if Cam came out and said, I only have a few more viable years left on my career. I want to go and chase a cup. That's his right. He's 31 years old. Like he's played 10 years in the NHL. Like he has earned that right to say that. But, you know, if he's not saying that and wants to stay, it doesn't make any sense to trade him away for prospects when he could stay and help to rebuild the team.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that. When you said that, though, I thought you were referring to something else. That's why I asked that question. So, um, yeah, no, I agree. But I will say there are, there are eighteen active roster spots on thirty two teams, and let me tell you, if if guys are finding themselves out of work, they'll sign with Columbus, no matter how hot of a mess it is. <laughs> it's just which is which is again part of the like the next couple of years aren't going to be fun, and there are going to be players playing here that don't want to play here, but it's a paycheck, and that sucks. But that's not, unfortunately not a luxury you have when you're losing, right? <laughs> like, um, we could all be wrong. To me, it reads like Colorado Avalanche, like rebuild. And I hope that that's how it goes. I hope it's that smooth. But we shall see. Because if we can pick up somebody like Kel McCarr in this draft, perfect, cool, great, like perfect first step, we won't. I, I don't think we will because I don't think the talent falls back that far to five. But, but we shall see. And we're going to be with you all every step of the way of this rebuild because we decided to start a podcast in a year <laughs> that – Everything that bad could happen happened. What was that sentence? Everything bad that could happen happened, and uh yeah, we're just thankful that you're along with us on the ride because it's gonna be a ride
1: that it is and just a brief update on our our uh Stanley Cup brackets. I don't have three teams left in the running, and Jeremy has five
0: yeah but my five are about to get hosed because well we're we're both out on on the north the north oh, we were just, so
1: wrong about the north both the of north us so wrong
0: we both went over two in the north so we can just ignore them for now um i i was wrong we both went one of two in the east right because you had the mm-hmm. islanders i uh i had the bruins mm-hmm. um I had the Bruins again winning that, so I still have some hope in the Bruins. Uh, But, I mean, I picked the the Hurricanes and the in the Panthers.
1: I also picked the Hurricanes and the Panthers, so we only have one in the Central.
0: But I did go to.
1: You have two in the West. I only have one in the West.
0: I did go two for two in the West. Although I will say that uh, your pick out of out of the West is looking a lot more um, realistic than mine. They're up 2 1 right now as we record too. So,
1: yeah, I was doing their thing. So,
0: they keep, they keep, very
1: impressive game the other night.
0: My God, that was, that was an ugly ass game.
1: Yeah, but they made it work.
0: Well, it was ugly, in my opinion. It was ugly. And I lost respect for the Vegas Golden Knights organization out of that game. Like that, that game was just messy. But, uh, Laura. Anything else on your dome as we wrap this one up?
1: No, just that I'm very... Today was such a big day for us. There's a bunch of more fun things that we can't talk about yet that are coming down the road for the podcast. And they're just so exciting. Um, I have cried multiple times today in regards to them. So um we're just we're just so incredibly grateful that in the you know few short months that we've been doing this that we have been able to cross so many things off of I think even our dream bucket list not even our realistic bucket list um and we're just excited to share all of that with all of you excited to you know as much as I'm excited for it to be summer count down those days to training camp and preseason and the start of another season with whatever version of the Blue Jackets um, show up on the ice so we're just incredibly thankful um, to all of you and we're looking forward to more special episodes
0: it should be a fun summer folks we are looking forward to it Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this one because I get to say some different things oh yeah i know it's exciting right so you can follow us on instagram and twitter at subjectively pod pod ah this is why you do it right um (laughs) or you could visit our website www.subjectivelyspeaking.com you know how we spell it uh be sure to give us some reviews rate us we started to actually like put together testimonials so we're we're writing out your reviews and we're posting them places so uh we'd love to feature your review on our website on our social media uh we have a lot of fun doing that and if you are an expert at twitch dm us please for the sake of god dm us because that shit was bad (laughs) there was a lot of panicking and
1: yes this time it was probably not me that was gonna cry so
0: i just yell i just yell when i get mad about things i don't cry i scream so uh we avoided completely blowing the gasket but we got we got damn close girl
1: i mean we were on three different platforms in one evening hell. one thing so
0: no doubt Fine. Right. well until we get the chance to come back and chat with y'all soon, stay safe, be well, and, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.